Welcome to Alaska Daily Weekly, a recap and review podcast of the serious television show Alaska Daily. I'm your not-so-serious host, Ali Liu, born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska, currently trying not to melt in Los Angeles with my partner and producer, Baldev Sandu. Hi, I'm Baldev. How's your weekend, Baldev? Uh, weekend was pretty good. Um, we had our big shirt night on Friday. Big shirt night, Friday night, in bed by 8 p.m., yeah. wearing matching big shirts, bowl like of popcorn. Like huge shirts, like huge shirts, no no, no, no bottoms, just we just relax in our big shirts and watch TV and eat popcorn. Yeah, we watched, uh, the, this weekend screening was the 2003 classic SWAT starring Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell, Samuel Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson, LL Cool J, and Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. We passed out. In big shirt fashion. Yeah. We never finish the movie. We always fall asleep, but we did remember to put the popcorn back in the kitchen. Yeah, that's true. You don't um, want to wake up covered in popcorn. No, not a good look. Um, then we went to Halloween Horror Nights. Well, first shout out, those aren't the words. I was on the panel for those aren't the words oh, yeah, at the Raven Comedy House. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a fun show. It is a super fun show. Kevin O'Fee runs it. Um, it was such a blast. And then uh, Sunday, we met up with our friends and went to Universal Studios for a Halloween Horror Nights. It was my first time. Yeah, my second time. Um, and it was I got I got one hundred and sixty four dollars worth of scared for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like Ali loves horror. Like I don't really like horror movies or didn't. I like I'm I'm coming around now. I like you know. Um, I like them. I enjoy them now. Uh, and so I was like ready to go back to Halloween Horror Nights. It's way scarier than you'd think it would be. It's aggressively scary. It is almost too scary, unnecessarily scary. Yeah, I thought Allie would like it more than she did. That's why I was like, yeah, like this will be fine. It was okay. To be fair, it was as fun as it was scary. Uh, but as a 35 year old woman slinking through gift shops and food courts to evade the scare actors, I was like, Allie, you, you know, you paid. To come here and get scared, and now you're hiding from the people trying to scare you. Like honestly, going to Halloween Horror Nights is just paying to get scared between waiting an hour and a half long lines. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know, it's like the theme parks open at night, but like they have like actors and like scary costumes and weapons. They like... have sick fucks <laughs> walking around that place. All right, and like the sick bitches we are, we decided to pay. To have our cortisol levels skyrocket. Yeah, I got an anxiety rash by the time we We got had to home. take solace in the Jabberwockies. Yeah, there was there was a show. Jabberwocky show uh, going on in one of the theater rooms or whatever, and uh, that that provided some. Yeah, it's America's next best dance crew winners, the Jabberwockies, break dancing at us for like thirty seven minutes, and then we had to go back out into that carnage, <laughs> and then we paid ten dollars each for a slice of pizza. That pi- that whole pizza they were trying to sell for fifty nine ninety nine, and it was just bad pizza. You know, though, if we like postmated it or Uber Eats it, like that's probably how much it would cost with the delivery. Look, I don't mind paying fifty nine ninety nine for a John and Vinny's pizza DoorDash to my door, but I am not paying for some like plastic diarrhea pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So so that was our weekend. So that was our weekend. We also watched. Alaska, Alaska Daily. Daily. So fresh off a trip from Alaska, we just came back from Anchorage uh, last week. My little sister got married. Shout out, Danny. Um, and then the premiere of Alaska Daily was on Thursday, October 6th. Mm-hmm. But we watched it the next day um, on Hulu. On Hulu. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the show is called Alaska Daily. The fake newspaper in the show is called The Daily Alaskan. The real newspaper that this is based on is called the Anchorage Daily News. Yes. And Alaska Daily um, was based on the Anchorage Daily News' series, Lawless, which earned them a public service Pulitzer. Uh, the series was covering failings of the Alaska's criminal justice system, particularly in rural Alaska. And Alaska Daily um, was created by Tom McCarthy, who did Spotlight. And so in the show, uh, we have Hillary Swank, who plays Eileen Fitzgerald, who is a uh, tough-as-nails investigative journalist in new york uh but she has to move to alaska uh to kind of uh rise from the ashes personally and professionally yeah she flamed out so the opposite of what i did yeah you uh you did the opposite for sure you flamed out in anchorage and then you moved to la excuse me lower 48 yeah we call we in alaska call the rest of america the lower 48 that's our way of lording over you it's our slur for people who don't live in alaska except for hawaii 
Correct. Um, we do not call Hawaii the lower 48 because they were the 50th state. Alaska is the 49th state. So you guys are the lower 48. Hawaii is 50 and we've trauma bonded. Um, like I said, we just got back from our second trip to Anchorage this year. We were there in July, but went back last week for my sister's wedding. And Bolivia, you've been back to Anchorage with me a few times. You've been in the spring, in the summer, fall. Yeah, I like summer. Okay, but you haven't even experienced real winter yet. Okay, November, I don't think I need to. November does not count. We went for Thanksgiving one year. Um, and that does not count. I'm talking December through March, which is like peak pitch black, peak freezing, and uh, peak suicide. I don't think we'll ever do Christmas with your family. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you guys. You're great. The Lou's are an amazing family. I don't think I can handle getting frostbite indoors. Okay, but we always turn up the heat when you visit. You realize that, right? And then your mom says it's too hot. And then we open all the windows. Okay, there will be no Janet Lou slander here. That is my job. <laughs> well, okay. good thing she doesn't listen. Sorry, Janet. <laughs> so what She's was... going to listen. She is going to listen. She's going to be like, I don't like the way you talk. Um, what was... <laughs> Why don't you do something nice about Filipinos? Um, what was your favorite part of this trip? It was a short one, eight days. That's a short trip for us. This isn't Alaska related, but my favorite thing about this trip was uh, uh, the karaoke at the reception. Is it even a Filipino event if there's no karaoke? No, hell no. Um, so Baldev was referring to the part where he got blackout drunk with my other sister, Jill, and screamed into a microphone with our friend Scott for two hours. Everyone seemed to be having a really good time. Well, my favorite part was when I was doing laundry on our last day, and my mom made me stop to see a moose in the yard, uh, as if I haven't already seen one every day of my life while growing up in Anchorage, Alaska. I know, and you told her, like, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, I just let me finish laundry, and then she, like, <laughs> legit got, like, pissed at you for not dropping what you were doing and coming over to look at this moose. Like, she was upset. She'd be like, Allie, and then she'd, like, turn around to see you not coming, and then she like scowl. Well, I was like... literally doing all of our laundry and the words that she used to get me to the window to see the moose was, Alexandria, I swear to God, if you don't come look this right now, you are never going to see anything like this in your life again. I literally see it every time. <laughs> I was just laughing. I was dying of laughter in the other room. That like, bitch just... loves moose. And Allie just is like, is like, fine, like just like drops everything and just like stomps over, just like upset, like like a fucking toddler. Just... There is a, there, there will come a time where the dynamic shifts and the parent then becomes like the child that's like, look at me, look at me. And we're like, I'm, I'm very busy. And like, I feel like a, a single mom neglecting her child who's just like trying to get my attention. I'm like covered in laundry. I was like, what happened? The look of innocent joy in your mom's face. Every time she sees a moose, it's, I mean, how could you not want to share in that? Like, you're a bad daughter, for sure, <laughs> for telling for robbing her... her of that innocence? Yeah, I think so, a Okay, bit. first of all, she's <laughs> lived in Anchorage for 40 years, and with... And isn't it amazing she still feels like that every time she sees a moose? You know, I used to feel that way about you. <laughs> every time I see you, I'd be like, look, look at this thing. Look, I'm just trying to get back on Janet's good side after I complained about the cold earlier. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know, Baldev. How did we? How did we end up here? Um, we live together. We work together. We yeah. play together. We travel together. So we're like, let's do a podcast together. We've lived together for five years. Two of them in a lockdown. We don't talk enough. Okay. Well, you proposed this idea, which was not the kind of proposal I was expecting after five years of dating. Um, but here we are. So why, Allie, are we doing a show about a TV show that has only one episode? I mean, many reasons not to, for sure. sure. Um, but also so many green lights on this particular topic for me. I mean, one, I've never really seen anything about Alaska or set in Alaska that quite got it right. Regardless of the genre or topic, there always seems to be this disconnect. And I really want to, like, I don't know, people treat Alaska like it is this other planet, like planet Alaska. It's like weird, you know? mysterious, dark, evil, crime-ridden place. Yeah, I mean, based what we see in the media, it is this like dark place shrouded in crime and fear where people are like barely surviving brutal winters um, and the vampires. And vampires in that one movie. <laughs> that one movie that everyone associates with Alaska and insomnia. That is, like, that is my that is my go-to. Like before anything else, it's, I don't even remember the name of the, it's the vampire movie. Was it 40 Days a Night? Well, close. Josh Hartnett of 40 Days and 40 Nights did 30 Days of Night, which... <laughs> Um, yeah. Like, if you're going to spend 30 days with a vampire, we might as well make it 40, you know? Well, it's crazy because it's like, I think Alaska is also like the number one underrated food place in America. Some of the best food I've ever had in Anchorage. And that's just at my parents' house. I'm talking... <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, like growing up in Alaska, we had all these like incredible local businesses, like the Moose's Tooth Pizza Company. People take pride in like the work they do in everything in Alaska. And it like really shows in the food, like Moose's Tooth and Bear Tooth. Those places are great. I love those. Yeah. And we we do a really good job like buying local, supporting local businesses. But when I was living there, I shit you not, we were so excited when we got an Olive Garden. (laughs) Like the, the place where we had rehearsals was right next to the Olive Garden. And I dragged every everyone after rehearsal to the Olive Garden and we'd spend like $80 at Olive Garden and my mom's like why do you do that's so stupid like and I was like bitch you like Applebee's like I don't know what you're talking about shout out to the Asian chicken salad sandwich at no chicken salad at uh, Applebee's my mom's favorite shout out to Asia Garden in Anchorage speaking of local and karaoke my favorite place we've been to in Anchorage I think is it's like a restaurant but it's also like a karaoke bar from the 80s oh Uh, my mom and her friends like dominated that place they still do they still do like the owner hooked us up because of your mom she loves your mom everyone i mean everyone loves your mom jury's still out (laughs) she's all right she's all right um no uh best noodles best fried chicken yeah. The chicken wings at Asia Garden are crazy. Best karaoke. Um, tell us about the computer at Asia Dude, Garden. Dude, the computer is old as shit, though. I'm sorry. Like, it's like the like, world's first computer. Uh, yeah, it is. And I'm its surprised. only purpose is to give you karaoke songs. I wish we could just do a podcast about Asia Garden. Um, I wish we could do a podcast at Asia Garden. That would be amazing. Um, I just feel like... Blackout Drunk, the podcast. Yeah, if people could see Anchorage the way, you know, I've been able to show you Anchorage. It's It's so different. It is completely different. Like, not only, again, like I said, we're like the most underrated food place, I think, in America. Um, Not to mention you look outside and it's like 4K red footage from planet Earth. Breathtaking scenery. You know, and I can basically hear David Attenborough narrating every time a moose takes a shit. That's just your mom on the porch recording a video. (laughs) I just don't know that she does like a incredible David Attenborough impression. And uh, also Alaska is probably the only place I'd ever drink water straight from the bathroom sink. Absolutely. Um, Horrifying story. Bolivia and I were also just in Boston for his brother's engagement party. Uh, I drank tap water at a Boston restaurant and I had diarrhea for two days. I used to drink water from bathroom sinks in Boston all the time when I'd go to concerts. I just like refill in the bathroom and now look at that. I was like, I used to say, I used to say, if it's good enough to wash your hands, it's good enough to drink. And talk to Flint, Michigan about that. Yeah, maybe. What a privileged piece of shit. Fucking (laughs) clay comes out of the faucet there. Um, Yeah, no, I can't drink tap water anywhere except for Anchorage. I can't drink tap water here. We have to use our Brita. Diarrhea for days. Diarrhea for days. And also, ABC won't make a show about you're getting diarrhea. They should. <laughs> they really should. Um, and, and basically the other reason I wanted to do this podcast was because I really want to explore how Alaska is portrayed in the show Alaska Daily and in pop culture at large in comparison to my lived experiences. And my visits. Yes, very important. <laughs> very important to know the opinion of someone who's been to Anchorage four times. I think uh, it's been more than four. I'm pretty sure it's been more than It four. just feels like four times. It feels like we live there every time we go. Um, it does feel weird to be talking about Alaska, Anchorage in particular, as I've spent the majority of my life wishing I were anywhere else. Um, but I know, and we know that there will inevitably be questions and content about Alaska as this show unfolds. I think we should be the ones to give honest insight into that way of life. Um, I will warn you that some of the things I say will be insight I provide coming from my very specific point of view. And um, I'm looking forward to detangling and widening the scope through which I'm able to to see and relate to my hometown because when I left it, I was dragged out of the buckaroo screaming, fuck you, townie cunts. And then I went back to LA and lost my job. So Eileen Fitzgerald and I have a lot in common, I think. I didn't leave the same impression when I left Connecticut, but... You slunk away. I slunk away. You slunk away. I (laughs) lit a blunt on the flames coming from my winter coats that I burned. Yeah, I was just like... Just slithering away. I'll be back. You'll all see. Your brother's like, can you stay away? (laughs) Can you just never come home, please? So while I will be, you know, discussing how I was brought up in Anchorage, the privilege of growing up in a a gorgeous place like Anchorage, um, set against, you know, the show that's just 
laden with crime corruption and at the heart of it i think tom mccarthy has this thing and he really is steadfast about defending good honest journalism yeah for sure and beneath all that like justice and truth right so i guess we should just dive into the recap right yeah let's do it the pilot of Alaska Daily opens on Eileen Fitzgerald, played by Hilary Swank, an investigative journalist who works for the Vanguard in New York City. She is in China writing a story on a U.S. five-star general in line to be Secretary of Defense and his potential involvement in selling weapons to the enemies of the U.S. So already just like corruption. Corruption right off the bat. And they're in China. So we know the Vanguard has budget. Yeah, we are sending a reporter across the world, maybe during COVID, like... Look, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad call. I'm sorry. So in the pilot, we see that she's persuasive of her source. And then when we get to the Vanguard, uh, which looks sick, by the way, there's like a coffee bar. They have stats. That's all it takes. That's all it bar. takes. Just give me free coffee and I will swear my allegiance to you. Send me to China every now and then. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Also, the way to come back, like when she was questioning her source, like he made contact with like some kind of like spy. Yeah, there official, was like, like they were sitting at a table in some marketplace, and then the source was like a little nervous, right, hesitant, and then it cuts to like this intimidating looking Chinese guy, like mm, like glaring at him. Yeah. So we don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. We don't about. know. We don't know what that's about. Um, but when she goes, again, when she gets back to the Vanguard, we see that she's very tough, uh, especially tough on women and she's passionate for truth and justice. Otherwise she wouldn't feel so strongly about going after such powerful people. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're fucking with the military. Look, I'm not afraid of the military. I'm afraid of my mother. I mean, I'm afraid of your mother too, but also the military. Okay. So your cousin Beloy, who is in the military. And Hesse. Two, and Hesse. Two in one family. They, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of them. But your mom. You're terrified. I'm terrified of your mom. So My mom is like a small little dictator, though. Like, <laughs> Baloy and Hesse could be her soldiers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, would, they would for sure carry out her bidding. She'd be like a Imelda Marcos slash Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte hybrid because she's small. Yeah. She's so small. Um, I don't know, Eileen. I don't. I didn't think she was particularly tough. I think maybe I have this problem too, where it's like I earned because she makes. Look, it you a are point. a tough sympathizer. Is the thing. Uh, what do you mean, a t- like a tough love sympathizer? Yeah, a tough love sympathizer. And I mean, she like. Here's the thing, that researcher that approached Eileen was like, "You only have one source. Like, I don't know if we should put the story out." And well, then- to be fair, she was like five minutes to publishing. Why did the researcher not come to her beforehand? It, they need to... Because she was flying on the Vanguard's dime around the world. Eileen is a, is a jet setter. Eileen, I don't know. I, I really hate how much I saw of myself in Eileen. <laughs> like, you know she's supposed to, like, change and, like, soften throughout the series. But you know you're not in good shape when you identify with the main character's fatal flaw yeah. right away. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the part that got them fired from their job. Yeah, I relate to that part. <laughs> Not the part that grew by the end of the show to overcome <laughs> personal Look, if struggles. Fox was, if, I shouldn't say Fox. I'm going to say it. I used to work for Fox. And if they had flown me around the world like the Vanguard flies her around, maybe I wouldn't have been so insubordinate. So a little after uh, the Vanguard puts the story up, uh, Eileen learns that her source might have been compromised and gave her forged documents. And so now she's being sued by this general. Uh, that's a bad day. And then, uh, and then I was I'm... gonna sue everyone at Universal Studios. <laughs> I'm gonna... Look, it was too scary. It was it was on the waiver or whatever the agreement that you sign when you buy tickets to Horror Nights. They're like, do you agree to be scared to shit? And maybe you might have to sneak through the gift shop <laughs> and the food court to get around these scary guys because those are the only places. Well, there were children there. There were children and old people. <laughs> and, it's, and they were all just walking by the sign that was like, if you have heart problems or epilepsy or blah, 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 like, don't come in here. And they were just wheeling away and waddling away yeah. past the sign. Anyway. Uh, they were all braver than us. But I don't know. I just, I just know that in Alaska Daily, when Eileen's boss tells her that they need to pull the story. I mean, she stands by it. She stands by her work. She stands by her source. She's 
she hasn't gotten where she's gotten without being this tough, which, you know, again, explains why she's tough on the other women in the office. But then the boss is also like, also her boss's name is Rushmi, also the name of one of my aunts. So shout out Rushmi. <laughs> um, I, uh, her boss is like, look, Eileen, like there have been allegations about you, uh, like around the office for just like abusive behavior. And so, and like, this is where she, um, where Eileen is like, I don't want to be here with a bunch of woke wussies who care, who will feed their own to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh. And you see that problematic thinking. And I was just like, oh, again, too, like with music and with, you know, comedy and stuff. It's like, I had to pay my dues. Why you, you need to toughen up. As someone trying to get his student loans forgiven by the government, <laughs> I uh, do not adhere to that approach. Uh, let everyone in. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I can't relate to that. I don't get like following my dreams is such a foreign concept because I I just don't think you should do anything unless you're good at it or don't brag about it unless you've gotten good at look, it. Look, if that was the case, we would have never met because I would have never moved to Los Angeles. Look, Baldev, I know we're coming up on our five year anniversary, <laughs> but you proposed a podcast instead of marriage. So I'm pissed at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed like Eileen is. Eileen can hold a grudge. You can tell. She's like, really, really... She dies on this I mean, hill. She, she, she quits because, her job. Well, because that's the thing. It's like she wasn't even fired. Rushmi was just like, we are going to republish the, the story. We're going to re-report. And she's like, absolutely and not. And you're going to be investigated. Like, yeah. HR investigation. Like, she still had a job. Can't, yeah. Like, and, and she then, was straight up like, no, I... Because we flashed forward four months and she had already quit. Yeah, and she's she's just at home now turning the story into a full-on book. Like dying on a hill and writing the story on that hill that she died, like post posthumously. Yeah. Did I say that right? Posthumously? Posthumously. Posthumously? I don't know. I didn't learn English correctly. Um, but she's like really into, like she's got the freaking research up. She's working out a ton on her fake Peloton, drinking tons of coffee and even more alcohol. And she seems to be like moving along in this little bubble that she's created um, until she gets a surprise visit from her old boss, Stanley Cornick. Uh, turns out he runs a local newspaper in Anchorage, Alaska, now called the Daily Alaskan, and he wants her to come write for him. Mm-hmm. So Eileen hesitates because there's clearly, again, this bitch holds a grudge. She talks about how, is this about you finally apologizing for that story you took from me 17 years ago? And again, I'm just like, oh God, I hate that I relate to that. I don't even remember what happened in my life 17 years ago. <laughs> I don't even know how old I was 17 years ago. Uh, yeah, I'm really going to try to unpack all of that. I don't think that's a good quality to have. But, like, how do you let it go? How I don't know. Maybe Eileen can show us the way because I'm, I'm having a hard time. Um, but clearly something clicks in her because she decides to go. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, like, her boss, Stanley, takes her out to dinner that night. And well, first she talks shit about Alaska. Yeah, she's like, she's like these are the minor leagues, like, Fuck but then you guys. he says, like, the... Yeah, he's like, even the minor leagues need good writers or... Good reporters. Yeah. yeah, experienced reporters. And, you know, that's intriguing to her. And he takes her out to dinner and, you know, like, he's making this case for her. And, you know, eventually he pulls out a picture uh, of a woman named Gloria Namnak. And she's a young indigenous woman who went missing two years ago. And, you know, Eileen kind of shrugs it off. She's like, whatever, like, who cares? Uh, and then Stanley pulls out, like, a stack of, like, police reports of all other missing, murdered indigenous women. And, like, some, you know, like, a light bulb goes off for Eileen. And she decides she could use a change of scenery. But also, I just can't stop thinking about that stack of photos of, like, missing indigenous women and Stanley going through TSA. <laughs> He's flying from Alaska to L.A. And they're like, sir, can you empty your bag? And it's just photos of missing slash presumably murdered women like how do you explain yourself sir we need you to uh, step out of the line you know what the vanguard would pay for preferred tsa check-in i think yeah if if, if he stanley get a job for the vanguard you look can... i'm really trying to work for the vanguard okay <laughs> they definitely have health insurance but I <laughs> again not... coffee and <laughs> health insurance health that's insurance. all you need to win alley over i it's am not, not asking for much and leave me alone don't investigate me for um being <laughs> difficult to work with <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That is the narrative at the moment. Um, so, yeah, when she gets on the plane to Anchorage, she has a panic attack, which, again, not not foreign to me. I have one of those every time we come to Alaska, get to Alaska. Allie has to drug herself with a Dramamine every time we fly, and she just, like, knocks out 
by the time we take off, like every time we fly. (laughs) Two dramamine, as soon as you sit in your seat on the plane, knocks you out for any amount of time. I also like don't know what happened. I like basically roofie myself. Like it's not great. I wake up and I'm back in Alaska. Um, so Eileen has a panic attack and she faints on the plane, like walking through the aisles. In the we, middle of this huge aisle. Yeah, we're laughing so hard because you can tell that it's a network primetime show. It's like a set. They built it's a, a set. Like it's a the aisle of the plane is huge. Like she was like sprawled out, like on the floor. Honestly, it's Hillary Swank. She's an Oscar award-winning actress. She needs the space to have an Oscar award-winning winning anxiety attack. Meanwhile, I'm just like trying to make myself as small as I can <laughs> while I walk down the aisle. I'm just like hitting every parent and their baby in the head with my backpack. And my bags, because you always carry my bags. I do carry my bags, even though the flight attendants are like, sir, you can only have two bags. I'm like, do I look <laughs> do like I these look are like... all my bags? Like, well, no, fucking... Sandu does not look like a guy who would carry more than a backpack on a flight. And yet, on every flight, he carries my bag. So he's holding like four bags. And the flight attendants are always like, um, sir, are those all yours? And every time I want to be like, no, bitch, he's a gentleman. Do you not see the person that I'm with? Who's carrying, carrying nothing? no bags? Like, can you like, one plus one equals, sir, is that you're all your bags? <laughs> like, come on, guy. I'm literally only carrying snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like on my phone, not paying attention. It's part of the travel anxiety. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Hillary Swank is having a full-blown Oscar award-winning performance uh, anxiety attack, and we're getting the Razzies of anxiety attacks in our actual yeah. So, plane. but so so she wakes up on the plane, and there's like a uh, a village health aide. Her name's uh, a Melinda, and she explains to uh, Eileen like you had a panic attack because she didn't she didn't know what a panic attack was. And then it cuts directly to Eileen googling. What is a panic attack? Excuse me, not Googling. Webbioing. Oh, yes. Webbio. Webbio. Again, network, primetime television show. There's no such thing as Google. It is Webbio. Um, yeah, so- she, she Googles. She Webbios. What is a panic attack? And, and then she also Webbios what the Alaska... The yeah, she's like, Alaska she's like I can't think like. about these panic attacks anymore. I'm just going to think about my new job. And she pulls up pictures of... The Alaska, the Daily Daily Alaskan's office, and it looks like a nice building, and that calms her down a little bit. She does a little bit of self-soothing. She doesn't even know. Look at that. Maybe she'll be Googling that next time. Oh, she doesn't even know she's self-soothing. Yeah. You're right. What do you like to do to self-soothe? Well, I I rub my stomach. You do. You lift your shirt up on the couch (laughs) and expose your bare stomach, and you rub it. Not sexually. Yeah, yeah, or or I or I uh, air drum. You those, air those drum. Are my two you sing all day. Uh, that's not self soothing. Uh, no, these for, are just my grievances. Th- that's just for joy. <laughs> that's just the joy of music. <laughs> I um, put things in and out of my Amazon cart. <laughs> yeah. That's self soothing. I talk to my sister Jill um, upwards of eighteen hours a day <laughs> on multiple social media platforms and text. Um, I get on the phone with my best friend, Jess, for upwards of three hours a day. Thank you, work from home, for allowing me to self-soothe uh, 24-7. Oh, and my- Even if it doesn't have a coffee bar or benefits. Or benefits. But you make me coffee, and mm. we have Oscar. Clearly not as good as a coffee bar, but go on. Yeah, what Eileen doesn't even know is that as someone who has frequent panic attacks, she's going to the best place possible for panic attacks because the cold actually regulates your nervous system. So anytime you feel like you're having a panic attack or about to have one, these are my two tricks. One, I have a panic attack pickle. Um, (laughs) For those of you who don't know, eating something sour also helps regulate your system. So I have... Like shocks you. Yeah, it shocks you. So warheads or, you know, lemons. Um, I My preferred... A uh, weapon of choice is a panic attack pickle. They're cold from the fridge, crunchy, uh, completely resets you. And then two, since I no longer live in Alaska and I am dying of heat exhaustion every day in Los Angeles, uh, I have something called a headache hat, which is basically just like a little beanie that <laughs> has ice packs in it. it. It's, ice- it's an ice pack beanie. <laughs> Look, I. <laughs> it's like the opposite of a beanie. <laughs> But it looks hey, like a beanie. what is the main function of a beanie? <laughs> to keep your head warm. Okay, how about we do the opposite? Yeah, like a beanie, but to make you colder. What, what if you just don't wear the beanie? <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to wear the beanie. The beanie is how you get the cold directly on your head. Okay, I could use it right now, actually. <laughs> 
So yeah, so Eileen is actually heading to the best place to regulate your nervous system. Uh, and when she gets there, she's greeted by her eager assistant, Gabriel, who shows her around town before dropping her off at the hotel. Shout out the Captain Cook Hotel. Um, That's my, a nice hotel. It's I did, a really nice hotel. You did a comedy show there. I did there. a comedy show there one time in, in like their basement, right? No. Um, you did not do comedy in the basement of the Captain Cook Hotel. He did it was a, downstairs, right? He did a stand-up show as part of the Alaska Before You Die Festival. Shout out Alaska Before You Die. They had a clean comedy show in their wine bar. Oh, I thought, see, I remember going downstairs. and there so I just no stairs. There, I feel like there were stairs. No. If anyone was at the Alaska Before You Die Comedy Festival, uh, feel free to reach out. And uh, You're going to have people fact check this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is your call to action. <laughs> and even if you weren't at the festival, if you live in Anchorage. By the way, I'm from Anchorage, <laughs> And I've been there many and times. I did a comedy show there go, one time. It's called the Whale's Tale, by the way. The Whale's Tale wine bar in the Captain Cook Hotel, which Boldev is convinced is downstairs in a basement of the Captain Cook Hotel. You were there. You've been there one time. If anyone has been to the Captain Cook Hotel, specifically the Whale's Tale wine bar, um... Let me know if it was downstairs. It is in the downstairs part of the hotel, but you so, don't okay. you don't so, take the stairs. You didn't enter on the, the have, f- next level and then climb stairs to go down to the wine bar. I know, but I think I, when I went to the bathroom, I went up. Okay, well you did. <laughs> okay, so this part of the show actually threw me because they did exteriors of the Captain Cook Hotel, yeah. and they got and it looked like the lobby. I've been there. I've stayed there many times. My parents have a nonprofit, and they have a banquet at the Captain Cook every year. Uh-huh. I fucking know that hotel, so that's why I know there's no basement that you went into. There is a downstairs part where you can go to the bathroom and then go up the stairs to go back to the fucking wine bar. Sorry, I'm being really aggressive. <laughs> Look, I was just talking about a good time I had one time. Well, you also were questioning me, so maybe this is. This is such an Eileen problem. <laughs> we don't have an HR here. Otherwise, there would be <laughs> formal complaints. You wouldn't complain against me to HR? What would your complaints be around the house? <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would complain. I would complain about you cutting your toenails shirtless on the floor on junk mail. Look, the to- they, they go on the junk mail. I throw the junk mail and the nails away. I don't. But why do you have to be topless? That's just, I just feel good. Just feel safe. <laughs> it just feels... <laughs> Look, it's a heat wave in October. I got to be topless. Um, But also, I feel like the first thing I did was research if they shot in Alaska, and they did not film the show in Alaska. Yeah, I mean, well, they they shoot all their exteriors, you know, all the the shots of the city and like like the downtown. Shout out Chopper Jacks. Shout out Chilku Charlie's, which Love Coots also did comedy there. Yep. Again, shout out Alaska Before You Die Festival. Um, And so. Gabriel is driving her around town, and they get to the Daily Alaskan, and it's in a strip mall. Yeah, not like those pictures that Eileen was looking at on the internet, where it was like a big building with like big windows and like pillars. And And Stanley did mention budget cuts before she took the job. Yeah. She but just... are you ever expecting a strip mall? No, especially when you come from the Vanguard with a coffee bar. And health insurance. And then you come here, and you're like, strip mall, fluorescent lights. Ugh. Um, well, as the office is nowhere near as professional as the Vanguard, again, we're, we're really just comparing the Vanguard, <laughs> which like, is not a real place. <laughs> Every workplace should be held to the standard of the Vanguard. But Eileen seems to get along with the rest of the staff, except, except for, for this guy. Yeah, Bob Young, who's like a, he's like an acting like editor and some some kind of like temp boss position yeah. and like he's just like this is the way we do things and she's like mm, you guys could be a little tougher and more thorough and yeah because he just rubs she just rubs him the wrong way she and, rubs you know. him the wrong way maybe a little misogyny like he oh does, for sure a little bit of misogyny he doesn't want a woman telling him what to do at all he does look at her with like a ton of disdain yeah these are our values and we don't need some big city slicker coming in here disrupting the peace i mean that does happen through the show like later on eileen gets like a threat where they're like, we don't need outsiders. And like, another be- corrupt reporter from New York coming in here. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, like, like, I mean, not only does a lot of the country feel that way about like LA and New York, but like, especially in like Alaska, like, if I, I feel like if you think about it, like, they're so separated, you know, from, yeah, from, like, isolated. Like, isolated. And like, then every now and then, like, America likes to pretend that like, they're tapped in. Yeah. They're tapped into like what the people in Anchorage need or, 
So it's like there's like a frustration there, I'm sure, of like you don't know what's happening here and you only want to, you know, jump in and like kind of talk shit about the bullet points. Right. And so you don't know what's or happening. Or reduce here. us to these. Yeah. And like, and yeah. like, and then, and then that's also their defensiveness. Like, I'm sure, like, I, like, they probably think Eileen looks down on them, which to be fair, she probably does. Uh, but that's their defensiveness of them thinking she already is doing that and then them reacting that way to her. Well, let's backtrack a little bit. So in the way that Alaska Daily is choosing to um, introduce us to Alaska, Mm -hmm. when Gabriel drops her off at the hotel, he hands her a sleep mask because it's summertime. And she's like, I don't need a sleep mask. And he was like, "Mm, people from the lower 48. Again, he drops lower 48, which is hilarious that's how you know you're not from alaska yeah if someone calls you from the lower 48 um and he's absolutely right because she makes a phone call later and a guy's like it's a little late to be calling it's like like 10 30 it's so bright out um it's true in the summertime the sun just like doesn't go down it's like your friend that like won't go home yeah um but also um stanley when he's explaining to eileen why he needs reporters talks about covering an area you know reporting on an area two times larger than texas so any chance alaska can get to remind the rest of the continental united states that we are indeed bigger than texas there is a shirt that goes around where it's like an outline of the state of Alaska and Texas resides inside of it. Like oh, it's that's just, just like good graphic design. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it is def- a defense mechanism, but it is also our inherent protective instinct because we do want to preserve what's up there. It is a very uh, special way of life and people come up and disrupt that ecosystem. True. Now, in Eileen's defense, which I'm sure you'll agree with because you tend to agree with Eileen on a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> like, they're talking about, like, a story that, you know, is being covered by one of the other reporters about, like, a naked man who ran into the street and was, like, brandishing a gun and, like, whatever. And, like, Eileen's like, "Do you get? did you get these, like, reports? And, like, you know, Bob, this temp boss, is like, oh, like, you know, we didn't get them, like, and she's... From the police. Yeah, from the police, and, you know, Eileen's like, but, like, those are public record, like, you should be able to, and she's, like, really pressing on things like that, and, you know, Bob's just like, well, we don't like to ruffle feathers with the police, we have a good relationship, and, like, our legal department, like, our legal guy is, like, a guy everyone likes, and... Very well liked, It's 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 about maintaining that small-town community thing, which, like, to them, it's not a problem, but, like, if, like, an outsider like Eileen comes in and she says, but that is getting in the way of good reporting... Uh, mm. and like that's truth and in a case like this this is a small case you know like a naked guy in the street with a gun I mean it's a big deal but like it's a small case but like if you look at bigger problems that exist in you know reporting journalism and crime and you know corruption all that like that exists because there's nobody from the outside to check that you know right right absolutely it is really... which is probably like a big theme of this show Absolutely. Absolutely. Whenever someone shines a light on something that you either are avoiding or choosing to overlook, um, it is like poking the bear, right? Yeah. You do and so, like, clearly, like, she, like, yeah, so her and but, Bob are not off to, like, a good start. But she seems to get along with, like, the other reporters at the, the Yeah, I really place. like the ensemble. The other reporters are great. Before she gets to know the staff a little more, she does visit Gloria, the, the missing Girl, indigenous her, her girls. Mom. Her mom is Sylvia. in Anchorage at the moment getting medical stuff done at the Anchorage Medical and Health Center. Native, um, native Health the and Native Health Center. Medical Center. The Native Health and Medical Center. Um, I, a lot of people don't know this. But in rural Alaska, there is very limited health services. So they all come to Alaska, to Anchorage, and receive free health care and benefits at this facility. It is a very impressive facility. So I'm really glad that they were able to showcase that. But once Eileen gets to meet Gloria's mom, Sylvia, the encounter does not go well. Because again, Sylvia is upset, one, about how the paper portrayed her daughter after her death. And then also because here's an outsider coming in who has absolutely no idea of their way of life. There's no connection. Yeah, she's just like digging up this like traumatic thing again. Right. For these people. And so, you know, Stanley senses that this would happen to Eileen. And so he pairs her up with Roz, uh, another reporter at uh, Daily Alaskan. And she's just as intense as Eileen and does not want to share this story with her. In fact, she's like upset that she didn't get because, you know, uh, Roz is native, uh, native Alaskan. And so she has a connection to this story, to this trend of crimes that happen 
to the native community in Anchorage and around the area. And she's upset that she, the way the story has been covered and that she didn't get to do an honest portrayal of what's happening. And so now Eileen, like this white lady from New York is here doing it. So like they're, they're butting heads like immediately, but you know, uh, Stanley's like, nope, you guys are working together. Figure it out. Yeah, um, and the pairing of Eileen and Roz is that kind of odd couple thing. Yeah. You know, it's like Roz is a cub reporter. She's younger. Eileen makes a dig about her generation. She doesn't want a mentor. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Roz yeah. is... And Roz is, you know, to be fair, like, like, and Eileen isn't, like, empathetic towards, like what the, like this problem is that's plaguing the community. And like Roz is like, you know, you're, you're being insensitive here. Like well, the show and like really... Eileen will be like, well, I think you're just upset that this, you know, these facts don't line up with your narrative. Your preferred narrative. Yeah. Your preferred like, narrative. So, she's so there like, is that like debate stated like right away. Yeah. She's like insensitive, you know, to these things and that like for sure rubs Roz the wrong way. And, but meanwhile, like Eileen does have like the skill set and these abilities and this know-how of like how to get this job done. And so it's like, you will watch them butt heads and it'll be interesting to see how they work and you know, where they pick up the slack for each other, you know? Well, and it's also, like, I, again, like, I am much more interested and invested in Roz because she is that, she has, like, Eileen potential. Like, yeah. you can see, like, how very close and similar they are, minus Eileen's edge, because she had the opportunity to be at the Vanguard in <laughs> I in mean, New York. You know what I wouldn't mean? Wouldn't we all benefit but from an opportunity at the Vanguard? But also, like, Roz is upset because Stanley didn't come to her first. Like, yeah. she's already cutting her teeth on some big stories in Anchorage. Yeah. She is indigenous. These are her people, you know. And this this whole discussion around white saviors. Yeah. It, it, it gets brought to the forefront and you can see it all on Roz's face and like the way she looks at Eileen. And so, and so my thing is like, is it going to be enough to balance the scale with what the indigenous people and the Alaskan people, uh, in how they influence and change Eileen? You know what I mean? Cause it's like that, that'll be really interesting so to, to watch. To see how it pans yeah. out. Yeah. Because the, I mean, to see Eileen interact with the rest of the staff, like Claire, who's a more seasoned reporter, she was like off to the courthouse when they first met. And Eileen is like, oh, you cover courts? And she's like, small paper, I cover everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and she's just, and then Eileen is like, hey, I read your piece. It was yeah, really she, good. She takes an interest. She steps up, you know, she stepped up for, uh, you know, the, one of the other reporters. Yeah. She's, to help her get those reports about that naked man on yeah, Muldoon. So Shout out Muldoon. Um, who ran into the street with a gun. And the reason yeah. why she went to get those CAD notes from the police was because they did not provide an address of the building, which comes into play and later. So then Eileen used her contacts in New York, like a lawyer, to pressure Anchorage PD to hand over these reports to Una. And, like, the police weren't happy about that, and they reached out to Bob, and, like, Bob, you know, choose out Eileen for it. But Eileen doesn't care because she's happy that she... A, defied this authority. B, is shaking things up and doing things the way they need to be done. And C, she, she helped you. Know, like you, you feel like she genuinely liked helping this young reporter. Right. You know, and while Yuna does her digging, she finds out that the apartment that that naked man was staying at was owned by this man named Jordan Teller, who's an oil big shot, who's under investigation for misappropriating funds. Now, the funds that they're misappropriating is based on something called the Alaska Permanent Fund Dividend. And that's basically where Alaskan residents get paid out yearly. Wait, so they get paid paid out yearly what? To just live in Alaska? Yeah. And so, like, they everyone just got three grand. Well, I we pay three grand a year in parking tickets in L.A. <laughs> So, but then the juicy part is that that naked man says, you know, Yuna goes to go visit him in jail. Yeah. And he says that Teller is actually his secret boyfriend. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which, you know, not a problem unless Teller is, in fact, married with a family. He, so which he is. Which he is. And see... so that's that's the scandal. So you're misappropriating funds from, you know, that money that belongs to every Alaskan, using that to buy an apartment. To like hide, a love nest a for love you nest, and your boyfriend. Yeah, for you and your secret boyfriend to hide from your family. So this is all getting like really murk. These are murky waters that Well, and then in. he tells Yuna, he's like, look, this is just a byline for you. Please don't print it. I have a family, blah, 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 blah. And that really shakes her up. Like, you can she, tell. Basically. She almost throws the story away. And like, so while that's all happening, Eileen and Roz pay another visit to Sylvia, uh, Gloria's mom, and she you know pushes them away again, but comes around because Roz steps in now and she explains like her cousin was also, uh, she went missing, uh, 
and is part of this large scale investigation for missing and murdered indigenous women. And this kind of like softens Sylvia and she kind of opens up and uh, tells these reporters a key piece of information, which is that her daughter Gloria used crutches and those crutches weren't found at where her body was found in this frozen tundra. Right, because on the night that Gloria went missing, she went to a party. She yeah. went to that guy Toby's party, which was somewhere, which was very far away from where, where her body, her was, body found. was found. Yeah. That's right. There were no crutches, which is huge. And so that was clearly a sign of neglect from law enforcement. Was it neglect? Was it negligence? Or was it purposely left out? We don't know. Who knows? But that was crazy because you see the map. You see how far away the party was versus where the body was found. In spite of all of that, Eileen still manages to hook up with this handsome Alaskan poet pilot that she meets at a bar. They get along. So we see where that goes. Poet pilot being he's a pilot that writes poetry. He is a pilot that writes poetry and he lives like in Turnigan Arm, which is 40 miles or 40 minutes away from whatever bar they were at. So presumably drunk drove. You've been on that drive. That's like not for the faint of heart. But these rough, handsome, rugged <laughs> Alaska pilot poets can can handle that no problem. So then at the end of the episode, Yuma thanks Eileen for bringing her experience and perspective to the Daily Alaskan. It's breathing fresh life into their paper, and this somehow triggers another panic attack in Eileen, who ducks behind a car in the parking lot to ride it out. End of pilot. All right, we're going to shout out some local businesses that we saw featured in those exterior shots of um, Alaska Daily. So we already talked about the Captain Cook Hotel downtown with the basement, the Whale's Tail Wine Bar, not in a basement, Uh just right there at the entrance. Um, We briefly mentioned uh, Chilkoot Charlie's. Yep, Chilkoot Charlie's, home of the Alaska Before You Die Festival. Also known as Coots Coots, for short. All things comedy. Comedy, entertainment, dancing. But Bolov loves that bar. I love Coots. There's like, there's like, I don't know, like more than ten different rooms. I and think, a trough maybe. of piss in the men's. Well, room. that's that's not the the main highlight here. It is the photo in your phone of Coots. Yeah, I it's mean, the trough of overflowing piss. Yeah, there, there's a trough in the men's room, uh, oh. and it was clogged and it was full of piss. Uh, I took a picture of it. Uh, and it's still in your phone. When is, you when you were making space in your phone, did you delete that photo? No. <laughs> there you go. Shout out. And then, Coots. And then, and then <laughs> there's a lot more to Coots than that, but it's it's like an awesome bar, a ton of rooms, very cool vibe. Uh, yeah. Coots is great. And then we're also going to shout out, um, we saw exterior shots of Trapper Jack's. That's a gift shop located in downtown Anchorage, opened in 1986. Mm. Uh, Great if you want to get your, you know, your Ulus and your Northern Lights postcards, etc. Sure, sure. There's a bunch of them downtown. Um, And then I also would like to shout out some businesses that we visited when we were in Anchorage. Number one, our ride or die breakfast spot, Southside mm-hmm. Grill. I love that place. Baldev is super into... The reindeer skillet. I mean, like all the skillets, but like the reindeer one especially. Yeah, absolutely. It's locally owned, family run joint. Um, it never misses. Yeah, the people are super nice. The it, food's just like very hearty. We literally go every every weekend morning. Um, and then the other spot that I want to shout out is Jimmy's Sushi Restaurant. Um, we ate with my family on our like last real night in Anchorage and got there um like crispy fried chili sea bass that thing was crazy i don't think i ever ate anything like that before and the best kung pao chicken it says it's a japanese restaurant but my dad uh, michael lu shout out michael lu is chinese and my mom quote uh said he needed a break from cooking so he just took out 10 of us to dinner instead so shout out out michael lu easier on his hands feet and back not as easy on his wallet And then shout out to our Alaskan of the Week, Joey Murphy. Follow him at Joe Ryan on Instagram. It is Inktober. He's an amazing artist. And all through October, he does these ink drawings. Right now, it's featuring a cat who I'm not going to assume it's his cat, Tim Perry, but he looks like Tim Perry. I think he said he was based on Tim Perry. He's been trying to draw cats. Yeah. Yeah. And I think think he's got it. That's what he said on the first day of Inktober. Um, So yeah, follow Joey Murphy uh, through Inktober. You will not regret it. So in Alaska Daily, uh, Eileen works for the newspaper The Daily Alaskan, which is not a real newspaper, um, but we have pulled some news stories from the actual online publication of the Anchorage Daily News, which, beloved, do you know that I had to pay for this? I don't even pay for like the LA Times. I don't pay for news, but there is a paywall. 
when I was sourcing these uh, articles and I put in my credit card information. Now, uh, there are th- there are three tiers to the Alaska Daily News. Um, the first one is unlimited digital access for as low as $1.99 for the first month and then $3.95 per week after that paid monthly. Which tier will deliver a hard copy to our address in Los Angeles? That would be the home delivery plus digital. <laughs> I don't think they will deliver to Los Angeles. Um, we, of course, opted for the $1.99 uh, for the first month and then $3.95 per week after that. So these are a couple articles that we found. Um, the first one is by Emily Mesner. A Nupiak artist is part of a new generation that's revitalizing Inuit tattooing. The stencils of completed tattoos inside Sarah Whalen Lund's home studio pays homage to hundreds of intimate and healing sessions she sat at her home since becoming a tattoo artist about six years ago. A hand-drawn pair of wolves is pinned next to a raised fist with solidarity written underneath. The imagery-based tattoos were done traditionally by Whalen Lund, an Anchorage-based Inupiaq artist. Giving tattoos has helped Whalen Lund connect with her culture and those in her community. Tattooing, Whalen Lund said, is a, quote, tradition that we had for thousands of years before this tiny little blip of colonization and religion and missionaries. And now we can take it back. Hell yeah. Well, and I would like to see more bad bitches with face tattoos to like make up for all the like mumble SoundCloud rappers that have tattoos on their face of like what? Calvin and Hobbes? No offense. I also got tattooed in Anchorage. You did. You and your sisters got tattoos. My little sister got married and I asked her for what she would wanted for a gift and all she wanted was sister tattoos. So in um, spectacular fashion, I have made this on Indigenous People's Day (laughs) This article about indigenous tattoos uh, about myself, a non-indigenous person to Alaska. I'm sure they all appreciate that very much. (laughs) And in other news by Morgan Krakow, here's what happened when a sea lion crossed the road in Valdez. Ah, yes, the age-old question. (laughs) Why did the sea lion cross the road? Uh, A sea lion made its way inland in Valdez twice last Friday morning. Step aside, renowned fat bears of... Ooh, I don't like that. Fat bears of Katmai National Park and Preserve. There's a new chunky mammal in the spotlight in Alaska this week. Ooh, fat shaming these creatures. I don't like it. Uh, soon they received a call. Uh, Clement said officers began getting calls about a sea lion loose on land near the harbor at around 6.30 a.m. They received a call that the sea lion had moved to the parking lot of an RV park near the local Captain Joe's gas station, even further from the water than where it was initially spotted. Police officers used their cars is used their cars in an attempt to herd it toward the water, sounding their sirens every once in a while to move the wayward mammal along. I could tell it was tired. Quote, it took a while, Clement said. I mean, he'd move along and then he would kind of lay down. By the time officers shepherded the sea lion to the Richardson Highway, they had to halt traffic to allow for the lumbering behemoth to cross the street and get into the water. I don't like... <laughs> he walked a while and then he laid down. <laughs> that's, that's like my day at a glance. Lumbering behemoth? This is slander. The RV park's manager even offered the use of his backhoe to help usher the animal across the highway and through a swampy area. Quote, we did what we had to do for public safety reasons, Clement said, and we wanted to make sure the sea lion didn't die, obviously. Obviously. Once the sea lion returned to the water, officers thought the encounter was over. But as the animal moved across the town's tidal flats, it returned on a different road, crossing over the Valdez dry dock at the harbor. Officers once again then had to coax the marine mammal back toward the water. Clement said it was nice to finally see the animal enter the water. What a day. Turns out that officer woke up in the middle of the night. That sea lion's just like standing over him with like a knife. <laughs> like you killed my brother. <laughs> I don't know why I made him Russian. I just assumed. I just assumed. And now my favorite part, letters to the editor. Pre-social media trolling, I think, is letters to the editor. Some of them are really nice, but of course the ones that I am drawn to are the <laughs> hilariously angry ones or just any any grievance. I love a grievance. So this letter to the editor concerns uh, the Don Young Mountain by Tom Morfitt. Alaska's U.S. senators want to rename Mount Severus for Don Young, question mark. In Greek mythology, Severus was the monstrous three-headed dog that protected the underworld. Renaming the mountain for Young would be wholly redundant. Signed, Tom Morfitt. We can For those of us who aren't Alaskan and yeah. don't know Don Young, would you care to fill us in? <laughs> no, Webio it. Fun podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, I listen to this really cool podcast where people talk about things I don't know and then just tell me to look it up. That's basically how I learned English in America, by the way. So Don Young was an American politician and educator from Alaska. Um, he died, but he was the longest serving Republican in con- congressional history, having been the U.S. representative for Alaska at large, uh, Alaska's at-large congressional district for 49 years. And now we're going to name a mountain after him. You know what? I side with you, Tom. We don't need to. Again, all these articles were sourced on AnchorageDailyNews.com. All in all, I'd have to say that Alaska Daily was a pretty fun and definitely an easy watch. Um, So let's get into some predictions for episode two. Buldev? Episode two. um, Yeah, so I guess uh, Roz and Eileen are going to keep diving into this uh, case. You know, they'll butt heads. I, I don't know if it'll happen in episode two, but that'll boil over at some point. Probably some kind of, you know, shouting match in the office, disrupting meetings and stuff. Um, Yeah, I want Eileen and Bob to get into it a little bit more as well. Like, I want Bob to say the things his eyes are saying. He looks at Eileen like he wants, like he hates her. Eileen, you brought up an interesting point about the pilot poet. Okay, so we discussed um, how Gloria's body was found far away from the party and without crutches. So there's no way she could walk there. So my big prediction is that the pilot poet that Eileen hooks up with might have something to do with it uh, because he has an airplane. Or at least someone he knows. Right, you know, right. And, like, and he's, he's part of it and he'll have to help Eileen or something. There's yeah. definitely a plane involved. I feel like he's genuinely into her though. Like he, like. I don't know. Maybe I just don't trust men in Alaska. <laughs> no, I think, well, yeah. I mean, that, that is its own podcast probably. <laughs> um, I don't think he knows. She's involved. She, she's, she's on to whatever he and or his buddies are up to. Do you, are you and I in agreement that there's a plane involved? There could be. I mean, like, yeah, like, you know, there's another podcast I was listening to about Alaska. Missing in Alaska? Missing in Alaska. Yeah, yeah, about like in the early 70s, like a plane that went down with some politicians in it. And in that too, it's like people travel by plane in Alaska a lot. The roads aren't, you know, aren't developed or there aren't enough roads or they're inaccessible. And like, so you have to fly. Like flying is a big part of being in Alaska. So she knows this pilot poet guy. Maybe he has another hobby outside of poetry. Yeah, maybe it's murdering women. Yeah. That seems to be a a lot of men's hobbies. It's wild. So, and then, and also we're in summer right now in Alaska Daily. So it'll be interesting to see how, because in one of the scenes, um, one of the reporters asks another reporter if they think that um, Eileen will last the winter. And then the other reporter goes, well, she doesn't seem to be a quitter. So it'll be interesting to see how she transitions into the harsher months in Anchorage. Yeah, I'm curious to see, like, if if any of those reporters are, like, a little crooked, too, like... Oh, yeah. You know, like, like they they have to be part of this cover-up, too, in some way. Or at least be complicit. Like, Bob Young is definitely complicit. Bob Young's complicit. Because he's a yes man. Yeah. He d- he might not know what he is complicit in, but, like, he has no problem, like, taking orders. Exactly. And he's, like, like, a good old boy. Yeah. Right? He has, he has no problems with that. So he, in some way, shape, or form, is probably complicit in, like, covering things up. Because, like, when the stuff came out about Teller and, like, the misappropriating funds and the apartment and the secret family secret boyfriend like all all that like he was like okay we got to report it like he was in agreement that the right thing needs to be done he just didn't know all that was happening because he doesn't look past the end of his nose right and he really reveres his relationship with apd and what i'm also interested in seeing um moving forward is i want to get into more of what went down between eileen and stanley oh yeah in the past in the past 17 year grudge yeah um clearly he must have been some sort of authority figure or mentor i mean it must have it must have been the same thing that eileen's problem has been which is stubbornness but i'm not gonna sit here i'm not gonna sit here and not defend her in terms of one she's a woman in a male-dominated field who and again she does not she is not shy about sharing the dues that she had to pay and that's why she's not willing to let others off so easily so that that is trauma that's like professional trauma she seems to be self-aware of that like where she's like i spent my whole career fighting these you know misogynists or whatever and i became one and i'm now i'm getting canceled for being one myself or something she says it like 
with like a ton of resentment so like maybe the point is lost on her a little bit but she did say like i've become one myself so it's like she knows that like she developed a tough skin like a thick skin doing all this but like maybe that's not serving her anymore like that's been years in the making and like yeah like stanley probably didn't have her back well i mean speaking as someone that had a ton of male mentors like in music and in the arts they do make you work for it you have to be excellent in order to get anyone's eyes on you So, you know, with the way that the world is changing and kind of these archaic um, hoops that Eileen probably had to jump through professionally, personally, like it is going to be a struggle for her. And it's crazy, too, because the wokeness that she's rallying against in New York, like Alaska is a whole other game. It'll be interesting to see how Eileen gets her feelings hurt. Yeah, right. In Alaska, because blunt, like everyone up there pulls no punches they cut to the quick so that'll be really interesting to see we'll we'll just see how she get how she softens with alaskan's way of life and how also she toughens up herself um so yeah again i'm excited for episode two this has been a blast having a great time watching the show talking about it talking about Allie's times in alaska yeah so thanks for hanging out with me beloved pleasure was all mine i'll see you in two minutes i'll see you in two minutes as soon as i'm done exporting these tracks thank you for listening to alaska daily weekly we will be back next week after episode two of the show is out bye